Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single-tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. I'm Batman. Name's Bond. James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead. Make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, 89.3. Commence primary ignition. We continue where we left off last week with songs from all the James Bond movies who wrote them, who nearly sang them, the hits and the misses, and what I like and dislike. Last week we ended the show with a song, All Time High by Rita Coolidge, from the James Bond movie Octopussy, starring Roger Moore. That same year, Never Say Never Again, starring Sean Connery, was released. Not by the Broccoli family's Eon Productions, though, um, and so the word was it wasn't an official franchise of the James Bond movies. Well, we don't care, as long as it was Sean Connery and he went by the codename 007, it is a James Bond movie, and the movie is based on the novel Thunderball, although that was a movie that was already made. Now, James Horner, who did Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, was invited to score, but he was not available at that time. John Barry, who did many James Bond scores, was invited too, but he turned it down as he was loyal to Eon Productions. And because it wasn't an official James Bond movie, the theme song wasn't in the James Bond compilation soundtrack. The music for Never Say Never Again was written by Michael Legrand a jazz pianist. But critics didn't like it and said it was the most disappointing feature of the film. Legrand also wrote the main theme, Never Say Never Again, and Bonnie Tyler was supposed to sing it. But she turned the offer down as she didn't quite like the song. Lanny Hall was then commissioned to do the song. Now, if you're wondering who she is, well, she is married to trumpeter Herb Albert, who gave us the instrumental smash hit, feels so good. And she's also the lead singer from Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Although the song A View to a Kill by Duran Duran for the James Bond movie of the same name shot up to the Billboard charts to number one, it wasn't one of my favorites. Now, here's a little trivia of how Duran Duran got to write and perform the song. Lifelong Bond fan John Taylor approached producer Chubby Broccoli at a party and somewhat drunkenly asked, um, When are you going to get someone decent to do one of your theme songs? Well, not in that voice, of course. The band was then introduced to Bond composer John Barry and also composer-producer Jonathan Elias. An early writing meeting at John Taylor's flat led to everyone getting drunk instead of composing. But they eventually did write the song. John Barry then arranged the song, taking the good parts and vomiting the bad parts. Following John Barry's death in 2011, 
the band paid tribute to him for their encore at the Coachella Festival later that year, with Simon Le Bon reappearing in a tuxedo, just like James Bond. Although that's not one of my favorite James Bond theme songs, it does have a catchy tune, and the fact that it topped the Billboard charts only goes to show that most people like it. Not I, though. Now, The Living Daylights is a theme song from the 1987 James Bond film of the same name, performed by Norwegian band Aha. It was written by the band's guitarist, Paul Wakta. Now, I'm sure that's not how his name is pronounced, but it's spelled uh, W-A-A-K-T-A-A-R. Wakta! Now, John Barry is credited as co-writer and producer, and the initial release of the song was his version. Aha! Re-released their version in their album, uh, Stay On These Roads. John Barry said that he found working with the band exhausting as the band insisted on using their own version of the song for release. Waktar has stated that although John Barry produced the track, he never contributed to the songwriting process and should not have been credited. Well, you know what? Duran Duran said similar things as they worked briefly with John Barry on the theme of the previous Bond film, A View to a Kill. Now, what's worse than the song A View to a Kill? Aha's The Living Daylights. Well, in my opinion, both the songs do not sound anything like a James Bond theme at all. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Licensed to Kill by Gladys Knight is one of those songs that has no involvement by John Barry. It was written by Narada Michael Walden, Jeffrey Cohen, and Walter Afanasiv. By the way, Narada Michael Walden, well, he replaced the drummer for the band Journey in 2020. In my opinion, this song sounds more like a James Bond song as compared to Duran Duran and Aha song. Tina Turner's performance of GoldenEye for the 007 movie of the same name was a massive hit around the world, especially in Europe. The song was written by Bono and the Edge of U2 for Tina Turner after they learned that she had been invited to sing the theme song to the James Bond movie. And when Bono and the Edge work on a song, you know it's going to be good. The song captures the danger and mystery of the super spy. It's one of those songs that stayed close to the traditional sound of a James Bond song. The song Tomorrow Never Dies for the Bond movie of the same name was performed and co-written by Sheryl Crow and the song's producer, Mitchell Froome. Another song, Tomorrow Never Dies, written by the movie's composer, David Arnold, and performed by Katie Lang, was originally produced as the official theme song. When Sheryl Crow's song became the official theme, the Katie Lang song was relegated to the end credits of the movie and renamed Surrender. The melody of Surrender still remains in David Arnold's score. Back in September 1998, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, owners of Eon Productions and longtime producers of James Bond films, chose David Arnold to compose the score for the 19th Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. And he also oversaw the recording of Shaken and Stirred, the David Arnold James Bond project. 
Now, this album contains cover version of James Bond songs, and it is quite well done. Director Michael Aptet of The World Is Not Enough thought the use of Nobody Does It Better as the love theme, you know, throughout the movie The Spy Who Loved Me, was very effective, and he wanted David Arnold to use that as a reference point. So David Arnold started to work on the music and got Don Black to write the lyrics. Now, if you've been following movie magic, you know that Don Black has 30 years of experience writing James Bond themes. He wrote the lyrics to Tom Jones's Thunderball, Shirley Bassey's Diamonds Are Forever, and Lulu's The Man with a Golden Gun, just to name a few. David Arnold and Don Black met several times to discuss lyrics for The World Is Not Enough. Also, collaborating by phone, fax, and email. If only they had, you know, FaceTime or Zoom during that time, things would have been, you know, much easier. The lyrics reflect the film's plot, told from the viewpoint of antagonist Electra King, with themes of world domination and seduction. The American rock band Garbage performed the song. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Die Another Day was Pierce Brosnan's last James Bond movie. The music management at MGM went to look for a high profile artist to write and perform the title song for Die Another Day. And since Madonna was in the mood to write songs after the September 11 attacks, the producers thought it would be a great idea for her to write and perform it. Well, personally, it's not one of my favorites. It starts off promising, but the techno sound, well, just doesn't cut it for me as a James Bond song. Casino Royale was Daniel Craig's first James Bond movie. Sony Pictures' president of music um, called Chris Cornell, inviting him to make a song for the new James Bond movie, which would reflect the dramatic new direction of James Bond with a strong male singer. Cornell thought it was a strange offer because he was American and assumed he would perform a secondary song instead of the main theme. He also said that he liked the Bond movies with Sean Connery, but he wasn't really a big fan of the last several movies. However, Daniel Craig's casting as James Bond intrigued him, and he decided to take on the offer. He then went to Prague to visit the film's shooting location and was impressed with the emotional content when he was shown a rough cut of the film. In Prague, he also met the film's composer, David Arnold, who suggested writing a song that echoed the film score. The composers started their writing separately. Cornell in his apartment in Paris and Arnold in his house in London. Later, the two musicians met to share their ideas and according to Arnold, it was almost like they wrote two parts of the same song. Cornell wrote the lyrics, to which Arnold added some lines and later music. The title of the song for Casino Royale was You Know My Name. Now, I wasn't a big fan of that James Bond song. It was forgettable. In fact, I totally forgot about it. Although the uh, beginning of the song was a little promising. On the other hand, Quantum of Solace had a great theme song. Another Way to Die was composed by Jack White. Now, Amy Winehouse and Leona Lewis had previously been rumored as the vocalists, but as you know, Alicia Keys did the vocals with Jack White. 
Jack White also plays the guitar, drums and piano in the song. And in the music video, you see Alicia Keys playing the piano. Critics didn't like the song, stating that it was too edgy. Yes, it is. And I like it as it is, because it has all the elements and chord progression of a James Bond song. It's also the first duet in a James Bond series. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. Skyfall by Adele. Oh, what can I say? This was fantastic. This is very old school Bond, and it has all the elements of a James Bond song. The film company, Eon Productions, invited Adele to work on the theme song in early 2011, a task she accepted after reading this film script. While composing the song, Adele and producer Paul Epworth aimed to capture the mood and style of the other Bond themes, including dark and moody lyrics, uh, which was the film's plot. It won an Academy Award for Best Original Song, Brit Award for British Single of the Year, Critics' Choice Movie Award for Best Song, Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song, and the Grammy Award for Best Song Written for Visual Media. Adele performed the song live for the first time during the 85th Academy Awards. The movie Spectre had Sam Smith singing the theme song titled Writings on the Wall. The song was written by Sam Smith and Jimmy Napes. Although it had mixed reviews, the song won the Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song at the 73rd Golden Globe Awards and the Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 88th Academy Awards, making it the second ever Bond theme to win after Skyfall by Adele. Well, personally, I think it starts off like a James Bond song, fit for an opening, but then it becomes a little wimpy for me. I think the same can be said for Billy Eilish's James Bond song. Now, Billy's song won awards as well. And although it went straight to number one at the UK and Irish charts, I found it a little wimpy as well, just like Sam Smith's song. These two James Bond songs will put you to sleep, and it is dangerous to listen to them while driving and operating heavy machinery. But that said... I must say kudos to Billy for writing the song with her brother and recording it in a bedroom studio. She's also the youngest artist to have written and recorded a James Bond theme song. Now let's bookend this show with the James Bond theme. Now credit has been given to John Barry as a composer, but in actual fact, he just arranged it. Don't get me wrong, John Barry is a great composer. He did quite a few James Bond scores, along with other fantastic scores like Born Free, Out of Africa, Dances with Wolves, and many more. But he didn't compose the James Bond theme. It was composed by Monty Norman. Now, if you Google him, you'll see that he looks a little bit like Jack Black, you know, the comedian actor. Now, here's the history. Monty Norman wrote a musical which had an Indian twist, an accent. And it wasn't staged at all. Nobody picked it up. So he had this song lying around, which wasn't used, and he thought he would use the tune for the James Bond theme when he was asked to come up with one. The producers liked it, but hated the arrangement. And that's when John Barry was called to arrange it. 
At first, when I heard the original song, I thought it was a parody, but it isn't. And plus, I didn't think it was Monty Norman. I thought it was Jack Black, but it was Monty Norman, and he has been receiving royalties since 1962. The theme was taken from the song he wrote titled Good Sign, Bad Sign. And like I said, it has an Indian feel to it. I'm Colin Gomez, and this has been part two and the final part of all the James Bond theme songs. Now, what makes a good James Bond song is subjective. But I know that it should have the James Bond chord progression, the horn section, the violins, and it needs to have the vocals sustaining for some time somewhere in the song. I think that makes a good recipe for a James Bond song. Now, if you'd like to hear previous shows, well, just log on to our podcast page on MoneyFM 89.3.